insurance agents from around the world. Welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast, hosted by yours truly, Scott Howell, and the incomparable Bradley Flowers. For agents, by agents, we're here to share real-life experiences, tips, and insights related to all aspects of both being an insurance agent and running a successful agency. So sit back, turn up the volume, and let's get down to business. Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast. I am your fearless host and leader, Mr. Scott Howell of I Protect Insurance and Financial Services based out of Huntsville, Alabama. Before we get started on today's podcast, please help me welcome, he is a six foot three sophomore, first team parade All-American rivals, five-star recruit, and he is single-handedly bringing the kindness revolution to the Mobile metropolitan area. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together and help me welcome the incomparable Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? Scott, I've never been more excited for an interview. I love that so much. Guys, before we get started on today's podcast, I have two things to say. Number one, today is Bradley's birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. You know, this yeah. is actually, I don't know that you know this, This is we podcasted on my birthday a year ago. Wow. We, I, this I did is not the second year in a row we podcasted on my birthday. I, I did not know that. The, the second thing I want to mention today, guys, our mission on this podcast is to do anything that we can for you agents, your, your associate agents out there, the CSRs that are out there, anything that we can do to help you in your business, whether it's marketing, the future of the insurance business, accounting, sales, digital, uh, hiring, firing, you name it, we want to help you with it. And we have just recorded, a, this is our 12th podcast in two days. We have broken the Guinness Book of World Records for the most podcast ever done in a two-day period. I actually am so excited and fired up today and humbled to have our guest on that we have on. I actually spent the night here in Mobile last night instead of going back to Huntsville so that we could interview this guy today, and I am fired up about having him on the show. So before we get started, let me introduce, he is the Chief Marketing Officer at Bowl Penguin, an InsurTech company based out of Columbus, Ohio. He's also an international keynote speaker, an author, an industry thought leader. Uh, he's originally from Nassau, New York. He currently lives in Loudonville, New York. He is married to the beautiful Miss Lauren Murray. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the other incomparable Mr. Ryan Hanley. How are you, Ryan? Well, you started with the sports intro, so I thought you were going to say Class C All-Star for the University, the Division Three University Rochester Yellow Jackets. Well, and I, uh, I could have gone there because I do know <laughs> that you graduated with a degree in mathematics from the University of Rochester. I just decided I, I didn't want to pump you up too much Damn, this morning. Scott. <laughs> yeah, How I, did I... I I've had How a did I ever get a degree in math? I have no idea. I, I've had a team of private investigators following you. Actually, I brushed my teeth in your bathroom this morning, but you. you right, didn't, didn't I was say. wondering why the. I wonder why the toothbrush was already wet when I put it just, in my just mouth. To, just to be fair, if he were actually in your bathroom, you would not miss him. He's about <laughs> six six. <laughs> Ryan, insurance agents from around the world, for the 250,000 insurance agents listening to this podcast right now, our goal on this podcast is to give you great content every time you come on. I tell Bradley after every episode, I said, did we, did we do something here in this episode 
that will help people understand or, or, or move the ball forward in their agency. And Ryan, having you on this podcast today because you're a thought leader and you are one of those people that I consider at the tip of the spear in terms of understanding where we are as an insurance industry and moving forward into the future. I've got so much to talk to you about today. I wish you could clear your schedule and you and I could just get in the boat together and spend about eight hours today and just have adult conversations about insurance. But I know I know neither one of us can do that. So before we get started, take us in your DeLorean back in time and you leave Rochester, the University of Rochester with your degree. Tell us how you got in the insurance business and then just kind of take us forward to today. Yeah, um, cool. Well, thanks for having me, guys. I, I appreciate it. It is uh, it's I am I'm honored to be on the show. It, it's great. I'm, I'm excited for this. So that all being said, uh, we're in the DeLorean. We jump out. Uh, I, so I I. I basically almost failed out of college. Um, I was a Division three baseball player, but really all I wanted to do was uh, was was play baseball, uh, chase women, and 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 drink beer. And um, you and really I hard. had the exact same goals in college, Ryan. Did you? Did we? Did we just become best friends? Did you? Did you majored in eligibility? Yes. Yeah. I. Uh, I I limped into college um, with the hopes of being an engineer and hit hit thermodynamics somewhere in the second year mm. and said there is no way that this is happening. Wah, so my wah, guidance wah. counselor, <laughs> you know, so when you're staring at like a one nine, right, and you want to keep your scholarship, like you have to make some hard decisions, which actually weren't very hard. I basically walked into my guidance counselor's office at school and said, "This isn't working. Mm. I need to figure out what other degree I can get." that allows me to graduate on time. And the only other thing that was possible was math. So uh, so that's how I got out of there with math degree. The funny thing is you can't really do much with a math degree. Like there's not a lot of, like, I guess if you want to be like a, like a rocket scientist or a professor, and I didn't really want to be any of those things. So I just limped around like office jobs for a while. I, I did, I was in finance. I was in accounting. I worked for American Express, but I'm talking like, I'm in the basement, just like shuffling spreadsheets. Like these aren't mm-hmm. <laughs> this wasn't the glamorous parts of any of those companies. I wasn't making really any money. And somehow I was able to convince my now wife not to break up with me a bunch of times. And I think her father kind of saw the writing on the wall um, and he did not <laughs> want his little girl to be married to a bum. So he uh it's dude this is like straight out of a mafia movie it's I christmas love, I time lo- by, by the way let me interrupt and say i love 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 your brutal honesty i love it so much <laughs> yeah. so this is like he um it's christmas uh 20 2005 i think that, that sounds about right and does it that doesn't really matter we're talking about we're living in new york city at the time we're talking about moving back to albany because unfortunately my my wife's mother was sick at the time and he kind of pulls me in this back room with these big high leather back chairs. Like I'm this act is actually happening. <laughs> Sits me down, his son-in-law or my future brother-in-law, his son is sitting, you know, kind of behind him, like standing. I'm telling mm. you, this is like, mm. this is like Scorsese. You heard like, the, shot. the, 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 the theme from the Godfather playing <laughs> yeah, in the background. The, like, violin <laughs> is slowly playing in the back. So, uh, and he like basically says, if you guys are going to move home, I want you to come sell insurance for the Murray group. So obviously I said, yes, you know what I mean? I, mm-hmm. you don't say no to that. Uh, so I said, yes. And that's how I got in. And, um, I started selling insurance in 2006, um, boots on the ground. We're a generalist agency, about 15 people at the time, uh, about probably two mil and a half, two million revenue. 
um, and in true generalist agency, about a 50-50, 60-40 split personal commercial, and all the cliches happened. You yeah. – all the cold calling, the make the two list of 200 names, <laughs> the all the stuff. It was Power crazy. 200. Yeah. I found out super quick that I sucked at selling insurance. What? At, yeah, oh, yeah, terrible. Oh, horrible. Awful. Like, like I'm coming home like – I'm like driving home from work. Six months into this job, like almost in tears, I'm so bad. I'm like, how can I be this bad at this? Like, I just, it was awful because I hated, hated, hated the traditional sales stuff. Like, I'm just going to call you randomly out of the blue. You're just like going through your life and try to hawk insurance at you. Like, you know, the funny thing is today I would have zero problem making that phone call <laughs> but at 25 yeah. or whatever you're picturing I was bill time, murray from groundhog day oh yeah <laughs> just oh do the whole thing just like oh i'm disrupting their life and i'm they're gonna hate me and oh, i just like every negative scenario in my mind i couldn't get past it and uh that's ultimately how i got into digital was like i about a year and a half into this like i'm coming home and my wife is like you may have to start thinking about doing something else like you are not performing and that was causing her problems because, you know, she works at the, she worked at the agency too. And, um, and like, you know, my brother-in-law and my father-in-law are like crushing sales. And I'm like, what I'm like shit, pushing what a like, a, show. Oh, she's yeah, like, I so married bad. this guy. Yeah. I married a bum. You that's, are you not know, performing. Yes. Oh my God. It was, it was, dude, it was so bad. Like you want to talk about just like ego crushing like emasculation like show up every day and have your brother-in-law and father-in-law like just killing accounts left and right and and you you can't even put it and you walk by their office door and they're just leering at you when you walk by yeah yeah i'm like hey i put a monoline (laughs) renters and policy on the books today like 18 bucks (laughs) it was awful can you fill my gas tank but yeah so dude it was so bad so that's what got me into digital to begin with is like i just you know, there's like a whole story behind it, which we don't have to go into, but like, I, I had to find a way, I had to find a way to get this thing going. Like I had to, there was no other option. Like I'm borderline. My wife might divorce me because she's so ashamed Mm. of how low my production is, you know, Mm. which I actually wouldn't have blamed her because my production was so low. I was in like, like mentally in like a super dark place. You You know what I mean? Divorce yourself. Yeah, I'm like, this sucks. Like, this is not for me. I'm not cut out for all the negative shit I'm telling myself. It was awful. So uh, so, so I kind of fall into this, this, like, event happens, and I fall into digital, and I just was like, I can do this. Like, I'm, I'm good. I enjoy teaching people things. I enjoy educating. I enjoy writing. Like, I have this weird creative side, which I kind of repressed as a kid because I thought I'd be broke if I was an artist or a writer. And, uh, so I never pursued it. So I was like, I was like, Oh, I, I can, I can write about this stuff. I can talk about it. And then the funny thing is people started responding and mm. reaching out and saying, Hey, I need this. Can you help me with this? And then, you know, the long story short is uh, about, you know, that for over the next like five and a half, six years where the timetable is, I became incredibly proficient at it, nerded out, like just, you know, the day that I left. Yeah. Yeah. So, so so when you say, well, let me just say this. So when you found, when you found your voice, okay, that's what we're, that's what we're talking about. We found our voice. What, what exactly were you blogging, vlogging, just getting on? Yeah, blogging. Okay. Okay. I was blogging. And, And basically what I would do is, so at a year and a half in the business, like you don't know shit about insurance. I was blogging about, 
about new coverages that I would learn. So mm-hmm. if I would go on an appointment and someone would ask me about underinsured motorists and like I didn't have a good answer for them or a good way of mm-hmm. explaining the coverage to them, I'd go back because at heart I'm like a super geek nerd, even though I'm tall and handsome and incredibly charismatic. Like really I'm just just a just a nerd at heart, you I know. Um I'm sure that you can relate completely. Absolutely. So I would go back and like read policy forms. And like, there was a time when I could almost go verbatim on a professional lines on a, on a traveler's professional lines form, like their national professional program that they used to have. I could almost go verbatim on their policies. Cause towards the end of my career, that was how I made all my money is I just crushed professional lines. Like if I walked into to an account, like it was mine, like I just had it. So I started reading these forms and I would take and dissect that information and turn it into real language that people could actually understand. And I just blog about it. Right. Nothing fancy. Just, you know, here's what underinsured motorist is and blah, blah, blah. Here's a scenario where it happens and here's what you should think about. And here's some recommendations for, you know, maybe what you think if you're if you're in this scenario, think about this. You know, you're never talking guarantees or absolutes or you get yourself in trouble with, you know, that's really the one rule. But but, you know, giving people some some ideas of how to think. And I would just put that out there and I'd share it on social media. And again, this is like 2010. So. 2009-ish. So so social media wasn't as big as it is today, but that's how I started to attract attention. It was super slow at first, but uh, over the course of that, I went from uh, the day that I left, uh, that month, we generated 89 opportunities on a $100 budget, mm. and we closed 62 of them. Mm. Wow. And, yeah. and Ryan went from zero to hero. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, ultimately what happened, so just to kind of to finish the get us to today, I just had kind of hit a ceiling there, right? Mm-hmm. I wanted to take the agency multi-state. I wanted to start to branch out. Like in my mind, I was like growth, growth, growth. Mm-hmm. And at the time I didn't understand where their head was at, but you know, my, what my family was really interested in is like, like they were set up, like they had a great thing going, right. like they show up, they do great work. They have like a 94% retention rate. Like wow. it's really an incredible agency. Um, they're great salespeople. They're hard workers. And for them, considering that they now have like the agency's twice as big with the same number of people, right. everybody's doing great. Right. So like for them, there, there was no real intrinsic motivation to, to go pedal to the metal, the things that I wanted to do. Yeah, they're, so, they're, their dream wasn't your dream. You don't want to mess up yes. a good thing. Right. Exact, exactly. 100%. Like at the time, there was a little bit of like animosity and I'm like, oh, you know, just I want to go faster and they don't want to. I didn't understand it. But now kind of removed from the situation a little bit, I think they made the right decision because the only thing really because they didn't believe what I believed. The only thing that could have happened is I messed up what is a really good thing for the family. Uh-huh. So um, so I'm happy today. I'm very happy the way that it worked out. Everything is great. Like I have a great relationship with everybody. So, uh, so we're all good. At the time, it was kind of like, you know, I was frustrated and stuff. But, you know, I was also, you know, 30-year-old dick. So, right. um, yeah. So, so, yeah. So, so then I went to um, – so I, I left there, uh, created my own – marketing agency for like two months and then uh trusted choice uh kind of made me an offer and i said oh i got an opportunity to help agents with what i love doing and uh do it on a national level kind of play this bigger game be part of conversations that it would probably take me more time on my own to be a part of so i did that and uh built agency nation that was a tremendous experience uh 
had you know ran the Elevate conference for two years. Got to write a ton. You know, last year on on Agency Nation, we we touched more than five hundred thousand unique insurance professionals in the industry with our mm. with our content and messages. So amazing, amazing experience. And just kind of the same thing happened. Like I love it. I wish them nothing but the best. I think it's an incredible resource for agents and for the industry. But it was just time for me to play another game. Right. Um, and that was ultimately. Uh, I saw in Bold Penguin an opportunity to to be part of something I think can be one thread in the fabric of what our industry looks like in the future. And so, so, yeah. so, so let me get this straight. Uh, Ryan Hanley needed a new mountain to climb. Is that where we are? I think so. Yeah, and not yeah. in a negative sense. It wasn't right. like. Agency Nation or Trusted Choice did anything wrong. They didn't. I just, I did that for four years. I built Mm -hmm. Agency Nation up to as big as I could get it without it becoming the rest of my life. And it not, and I just was looking for, I wanted to keep helping agents. I just was looking for a new way to come at the problem. Sure. You know, I, I looked at a lot of different companies. It wasn't an easy decision to leave. Agency Nation is my baby. There's there's literally no one in the world that cares more about Agency Nation than me. Um, and, and it's in tremendous hands. Tremendous, tremendous hands. Oh, absolutely. Joey and Sydney and yeah. Jen and, and Stacy. I mean, I, I have, I knew the, the next crew was going to make it even better. Like, oh, yeah. like crew meaning, you know, them leading it. And uh, so, so that made it easier as well. And Joey's and, been uh, stepping his game up a little bit. He's he's putting out some good stuff here recently. Well, it's about time. I've been, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. No, no, it, it, dude, it made it. The fact that Joey and Sydney were the ones who were who are kind of making now making it their own. Um, that that made it much much easier because if I if I was passing it off to someone who maybe was coming in fresh, I would feel like they wouldn't have the same respect for the mission. Not not for what we had done before, because, you know, what I told Sydney when I left was you have to make this you like this is you owe me nothing. You need to make this yours. And I said the same thing to Joey, like you need to make this your version of Agency Nation. But what they have and why what makes me so happy is they have a respect for the mission of Agency Nation. Mm-hmm. They just need to come at that problem from the way they want to come at it. And I, and I know they will. So, Hey Ryan, our podcast is divided up about 50% independent, 50% captive agents. So for for those agents out there that don't know what agency nation is, uh, can you just give a real brief explanation of what that is? Yeah. And, and, and just the first caveat I'll give to this is agency nation is a wide open publication, even though, most of the time, our work is focused on the problems that an independent agent faces. Correct. We had we had about twenty five captive agents at Elevate this year. It's 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 not it's not exclusive to independents. It's right. just the the nature of the of the market segment that we serve. But exactly. it is a digital publication mm-hmm. focused on sales, marketing, technology, and has even moved into some of the operational issues that we're just trying to help agencies grow. Gotcha. How tos case studies, stories, interviews, um, thought leadership, kind of op-ed stuff, opinion stuff, all based around some of these ideas, if you put them into practice, are going to help you be more efficient, manage your business better, have happier people. Like, like whatever the thing is that you're struggling with, we most likely have created a piece of content to, to address that. And, and, Every week they're coming out with more. So it's a, and it, like I said, it's a free resource, agencynation.com. And what a beautiful synergy between Agency Nation and our podcast. 
And for the low, low price of $2.7 million, I will get on the podcast every day and I will talk about agency. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, t- I'm kidding, by the way. But it is a beautiful synergy, though. I don't know how we could work together, but I do see Agency Nation and the Insurance Guys podcast is being a, a symbiotic relationship because we, we kind of do what they do. You know, we're, we're trying to help agencies like they are. But so when did you, when did you leave Trusted Choice, uh, to, 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 to join the, uh, <clears throat> Bowl Penguin group? I think my first, my last day was August 1st, maybe okay. somewhere, somewhere around the beginning of August. To be honest with you, I can't remember. I, now, I think it was first week of august second week of august something like that were the trusted choice people kind of prepared for this or were they like what i think um there were the people that needed to be prepared knew what Mm -hmm. was going on right um i i i didn't want to make a big deal out of it because i didn't want it i didn't want people to think anything other than this was a natural progression in my own career Mm -hmm. and that um, my goal for a long time now, even when I, when I was still an agent, uh-huh. I, I, I want this industry to thrive mm-hmm. and I feel like in whatever ways I can make an impact, I would be remiss if I didn't, if I saw a place that I could continue to make an impact. And like, like I said, like I'm taking agency nation and now it's Sydney and Joey's like, it's not missing a beat. It's still mm-hmm. going to be amazing. So I don't really need to be there. Like I'm, a, I'm mm. redundant there. Like it's time for them to make it better. Like me continuing to put my ideas in it are, are going to get stale eventually. So right. it was time for me to move on. I didn't want people to see it as anything other than the next phase in, in my own, um, my own evolution. So I tried not to make a real big deal of it because it was, it was not an indictment of anything that was going on in, at agency and trusted choice. I saw something in bold penguin and just needed a new challenge right. and and wanted to make a move. And, right. and that's what it was. So I tried not to make a big, huge deal out of it. Ryan, before we move on to Bowl Penguin, because I am yep. extremely interested in spending some time talking about Bowl Penguin, I, yep. have, I have one question for you. Are you, sure. are you ready for that question? Yeah, go ahead, man. Are you happy? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, okay. very happy. Okay. Very happy. All yeah, right. I... You know, it's, you know, a lot of people, it's funny, a lot of people have asked me that. Look, I get to continue doing what I love to do, what you guys love to do, right? I, I, I'm, a, I'm a servant at heart. Like, mm-hmm. I, I want to, I, I write shit for free all the time. Right. Like, I've had people say, you should have a membership site. You should have this. Like, why aren't mm-hmm. you doing coursework? Like, why don't you do masterminds? I think masterminds are great. I think coursework is great. I think having a paid newsletter is a great idea. I just like giving it away for free because I want the most people to see it. Like I want if if someone misses it, who that piece of content could have helped because I'm charging ten dollars a month for you to see my content. I feel like that's a fail. Like yeah. I get paid other ways. You right. know what I mean? Right. Like I, I run marketing departments and I speak. Right. And and occasionally I'll do like a, a bigger kind of workshop for someone if they really want that and it's the right situation. That's how I make my money. Like I don't need to make ten dollars a month from people. Right. So it's I get to still do that work, and and that's 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 what really makes me happy, man. Like I'm just a creative dude at heart. That you know every little boy's dream, insurance marketer. You know what I mean? Like this is I'm living the, <laughs> living the dream, bro. 
Did anybody, in the course of asking you if you're happy, did anybody ask you if you were in a, wanted to be in a one-bedroom apartment in Huntsville, Alabama, helping Scott Howell sell commercial insurance? Has anybody, <laughs> has anybody thrown that out there? No uh, one has thrown that out yet. Well, let's talk, uh, let, let's talk about Bowl Penguin. I, I tell you, yeah. I, I, I have spent about 30 minutes this morning looking at the Bowl Penguin site. I am very interested from a selfish I sell a lot of commercial insurance standpoint. I want to learn all I can about this to see if it's something that I want to do. Yeah. So first, so sell Scott Howell is not sell, my sell Scott Howell on Bull Penguin. Okay, I'm gonna give you the I'm gonna give you the three minute and thirty second version of uh, of Bull Penguin, which I literally just did an hour ago for Seth Zaremba. So let's see how well I can duplicate that. Shout out, he Seth. said it was the most epic thing he's ever heard in his life. So um, wow, and that's me kind of paraphrasing Seth. Right. Um, so uh, basically, here's Bull Penguin in a nutshell. The reason I made the, the move to Bull Penguin uh, versus any of the other companies that I talked to is because Bull Penguin continues to put the human agent at the center of the interaction. Mm. I'm a firm believer, a believer to the 10th degree, that we need to have technology to ease the friction in our business, our, big, our business for the most part, for the agents that are still struggling today or the agents that just aren't growing as fast as they want to. The problem is friction across the board. However, too many organizations are taking the approach of the friction, the human is the friction point. So we need to remove the human. That is the cardinal mistake. That is the that is the sin of sins. That is that is the mistake that does not work. It looks from a technologist standpoint who hasn't spent any time in our industry. It looks like the obvious solution. And that's why it's not the solution. The solution is we need to pull. We need to remove friction from all the processes around the human. So. Bold Penguin is attacking two parts of that process, specifically on the commercial lines. So imagine a piece of paper. Okay, you got that visual in your head. Mm-hmm. Hold it out flat with your hand on one end and your and your other hand on the other side. Right on your in your left hand is the customer. In your right hand is the agent. In between them, all that paper is the crap that you have to go through to get a quote for commercial lines. Mm. Right? You gotta fill out 42 questions. You might have to do that on a court form. You yep. gotta figure out what carriers are available. Then you have to send it out for quotes. God forbid it's anything other than a standard bop, because then it's gonna take you three days to get a quote back. And all the other stuff. What if they tell you you're one thing and then you find out that they're not. What if you they tell you you're one thing, you send the quote in and the company tells you you're not and now you waited three days that that company can't actually write them. What if you don't have any markets? On and on and on and on and on. So what Bull Penguin has done and what their mission is, is to take that customer and take that agent and bring the two ends of the paper together. Now for you super geeks out there, that's warp speed. That's wormhole technology. You fold space. That's how you move faster than the speed of light. Mm, uh, we're talking about time travel now. <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. So, so that's that is the visualization of the goal. Okay. Mm. The same is true with underwriting. So, the other side of the operation, we're doing the same thing. Okay, that same visualization. So, now I'll explain to you how we're actually doing that. There are two main pieces to the bold penguin business. The first is very relevant to the agent today. The second is going to be much more relevant to agencies in the future. It mostly applies to big call centers, but we're working on the technology to get it down to the main street agent. So I'll, I'll explain the first one first. The first side of our business that we're trying to fold space is our exchange. What I mean by an exchange is 
if anyone has ever dealt in financial space, it's like a Bloomberg terminal. It's like the space where 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 the trading of opportunities happens. So you, Scott, mm-hmm. you could get say you write restaurants but not bars. Mm-hmm. Okay, guy calls you. He says, "I own a restaurant. I'd like to get a quote." You're like, "That's great, awesome. Mm-hmm. I love that. This is my day. Cool." Yeah. And then you through the underwriting process, the thirty uh, seventh question is right. how much. What percent of your revenue is alcohol? Happen, and he goes, happens all happens all the time, by the way. Sixty-five percent, Scott, right, and you're like, right. shit. You're not. Right, you're not well, a restaurant. You're a bar. Yeah. You're a bar, and right. I'm sorry, man, but I don't really have a good market for bars because bars are really tough to write, and I don't want to screw with my contingencies. And really, then I got to go to a wholesale, and that's a whole nother process. And I got a tea time in an hour, so I'm not interested. What you can do with that opportunity is sell it into the Bold Penguin Exchange. Okay. So it's very easy. Any opportunities that you get or other carriers get, brokers or agencies get, and non, non-related insurance entities that generate interest. So think large mortgage companies, loan companies, publications that generate consumer interest. They sell opportunities into the exchange. We also do some lead gen ourselves, but not a ton. So we have all these different organizations populating the exchange. About 40,000 opportunities a month go into the exchange. Okay. When an opportunity goes into the exchange, we have a 35-person call center. Those call center people are working to get the consumers on the phone, okay? You just filled out a, a restaurant insurance quote application. I'd like to just ask you a few questions, and I can connect you with an agent. So then they walk through a dynamic script. You said you were a restaurant. Is that true? Yes. Well, instead of asking the alcohol question at 37, we pull it up into the into the first eight questions, right, for a restaurant. So it's dynamically changing the script with each question that you answer. And as it's doing that, it's validating the information. So once we validated that the information is correct, we know what type of business they are, what size they are, how much revenue they have. We now know a good agency to match them with. And we've also, and this is the key from my perspective, we're also verifying the intent of the consumer. Because I don't want to send you somebody who's kicking the tires. I don't want to send you somebody who's nine months out from their renewal date and was just bored and and was kicking around some insurance quotes, right? So that person doesn't do you a lot of good. So we verify who they are, and then we validate their interest. And once we have that, our call center people, it's a big, huge red button in the lower left corner. It lights up red. They tap that button, and it connects them with you, Scott. And she says, hi, Scott, I have Ryan on the phone. He owns a restaurant in the Huntsville, Alabama area or wherever. That And uh, would you like to take that call? You're like, sure, I'd love that call. Okay, here's Ryan. Click. So and now, wait, wait, let's stop yeah, right there. Yeah. A couple things yeah, I want to yeah. ask. So what? now go back and tell me, uh, where did we get Ryan from? Did Ryan Ryan's, come from another agency that said Ryan, Ryan called us and we can't help Ryan, so we're sending Ryan yep. to Blue Blue Penguin? Bold Penguin. Bold oh, I'm Penguin. sorry. Bo- I'm sorry. Bold Penguin. Excuse me. That's okay. That's okay. If this whole thing doesn't work out, we will be Blue Penguin, no. but <laughs> I'm hoping we are Bold Penguin. Um, so there's a bunch of different ways. So a good, a good example may be, let's say one of our clients is Gallagher. One of our clients is Gallagher. Let's say that person called this. Let's say Ryan, me, the restaurant owner. I called uh, Gallagher because I saw some ad they had and they just don't write restaurants in in Alabama. They just don't. I'm not saying they don't, but let's say they don't. Okay, so they have a restaurant program. I call, but they don't have a program in Alabama. So 
the way our integration works with a company like that is I call in the person on the phone goes, sorry, we don't write them, but I'm going to send you to um, someone who can just hold on. They forward the call and it goes right into our call center. And one of our people pick it up and he goes, hi, I just want to validate some information. And then I'm going to get you with an agent who can close that deal for you or, you know, not close the deal. You know, I'm talking agent language, not consumer language, but um, who can help, you know, help you with your restaurant insurance. And then that's how it gets passed. That's one scenario. They could fill out a form. They could call in. They could be put into the exchange by another agency. We have carriers that put opportunities into the exchange. Um, and we have non-related, you know, non-insurance entities. So publications, digital publications, you know, we're working on, we have actually two uh, large business supply companies that I don't want to mention by name, but you would know them that, have small business departments, and we're working with them to say, hey, if one of your customers comes in and is looking for business supplies, there may be an opportunity. They, they may also have an insurance need, and if they do, we would like to send that out through our agent network to get them service. So we're constantly looking for those opportunities, and when new agents come onto our platform, even if you only put five in a month and take out 20, it's all good. It's just it's about making sure that if someone – calls you if you if you connect with somebody you have a way to one monetize it so the check might not be huge probably get 20 30 bucks back for each account that you sell in but you but you're still helping them which is the key right like like i called scott scott wasn't able to help me but he got me to somebody could that's a huge value that's a huge value win for you absolutely and that's what we're. So so, that's what the exchange's purpose is. So let me ask you this question. So Scott Howell doesn't care. I'm a commercial guy. My agency writes predominantly commercial insurance. I yep. will. I will write a freaking pipe bomb manufacturing plan if somebody wants to send me the business. Yep. But but why wouldn't Bowl Penguin partner with a company like a State Farm, where? You know, their agency force is riding 99% of their business is home and auto business, but uh, they probably two, three times, four times a week in a lot of agencies with State Farm have a kind of a commercial, you know, a commercial guy, somebody that owns a business call and say, hey, you're my State Farm agent. Can you write my commercial insurance? Why, do you why know would, somebody at State Farm? Because if you do, I would love well, to go talk to them. The, pre- the president of State Farm listens to this podcast. If he's listening today, <laughs> I would like for him to get his uh, vice presidents of management together this afternoon and make an offer to Bowl Penguin to partner on providing them, the people that are calling yep. to ask for commercial quotes. And it, you can call any State Farm in the country, and they'll say, yeah, we have people call over here for commercial insurance all the time. We have to refer or them to somebody captive. else. Any captive. Yeah. Well, not any captive, so, but a lot of captives. Yeah. So, so that scenario is exactly the type of situation that, and and we actually already do this. So, to give your president of uh, State Farm some peace of mind that he's not working with a with a startup that's and a and a and a really good marketing guy who's actually selling vaporware, one of the largest writers of commercial auto in the world is our customer, and we're doing exactly that for them right now. That's awesome. But, you know, and I've got so many other questions because we haven't even gotten into the second the second Dude, part you of this. Fire away, man! Fire so, away. so how 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 do and maybe this is a question that I need to ask at the end. Why don't we do that? I'll ask this question at the end, but the question <laughs> will be: How do agents sign up for Bull Penguin if they want to? But we'll 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 get to that at the very end. Let's let's keep okay. going. What's yep, the yep. What's the other side of of Bull Penguin that we that we haven't talked about? Yes. Okay. So. Recap, exchange, sell in, buy out, 
you pay a monthly fee to have the terminal. You then any that you buy out of Bold Penguin, you pay a fairly low rate, thirty to fifty bucks per account. But remember, they're validated and they're warm and they're live on the phone. Mm-hmm. And um, the other piece of that side is you can use the tool for your own stuff too. Right. So it's not like you can only use the stuff that you buy through Bold Penguin. We have a lot of agents that. They just have the Bold Penguin terminal up all day long, and if a commercial account comes in because they walked in or they just called your phone directly, they just fire up our platform because the underwriting side of our business is where the game changes a little bit. Mm -hmm. So the underwriting side of our business is where the agent is going to make their hay. So. It's, there's a lot of companies that do live phone call transfers. Mm. Not as many are sophisticated or as smart as we are. Let's put it that way. I but, love it. Um, here's the difference. So you get that live phone call transfer, and you're staring at your bold penguin terminal, which is just a tab. I mean, it, mm. I don't want the, the word terminal to be overblown. It's just a tab open on, on your web browser. All that person's information is piped into your terminal, and mm-hmm. so are rates, rates, commercial lines rates. For close, I think 70 lines of business from six different carriers. We then have another 10 carriers that you that will show appetite and you can click and it will pipe the information into their quoting system. So you could get a rate, a quote to bind, click this button and it's bound rate. So it's, a, so it's, so it's an aggregator. Mm, not necessarily an aggregator because an aggregator – See, the aggregator model is a little different. We're not pooling contingencies. You're not writing through us, okay. right? You're writing on your own direct appointment. Gotcha. So your, your appointment. So your you need to be appointed guys, with these carriers. You don't have to be. Uh, you can. We do have a wholesale agreement with some of them if you're not, but mm-hmm. you're writing your own direct appointments first. Gotcha. So let's say, let's say you're appointed with Hiscox cool. and Liberty, but you're not appointed with HomeSite. Right. And, and for this account, HomeSite is... $500 less and you just think it makes sense, right? So you 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 go with home site. That goes through our wholesale agreement until you get a direct appointment and then you can just use that. But you know, it's what we're saying, we're not forcing you to use our wholesale agreement to get to the markets. Right. If you have the markets, rock and roll. Mm-hmm. It's that's not our, the point. The point is we just want to give access to all the companies that we have direct rating quote to bind behind the scenes. Right couple other important points here. It's not a comparative rating tool in the sense that we're just comparing on price. So part of the system is you have to give disposition information back to us. You have to. In order to, in order to rank in our algorithm as the best agent for that account, we have to know that you have the markets, that you're available, that you do a good job, that you close the business. So let's say you tell me, Scott, that you're a restaurant guy. You crush restaurants. But I've sent you five restaurants and you haven't closed one of them. Mm. Now we got a problem. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't that that's you can't have that reset or something may actually be wrong. We, we have a full customer service team that works with you and onboards you and all that kind of stuff, too. But like we want to the, the, the point here is the customer experience, the agent experience comes slightly second, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. we want that customer to, to to have the best experience working with you because then they'll stick. And if you're not closing the business, that says something about your ability to write restaurants, not about anything else, right? just about restaurants. And again, it's a work in progress. No one, there's about, I think there's five or six factors that go in today and- and so as you give us disposition information, 
we're using that to help rank you as potentially the best the best option for that customer. So it's not a comparison rating tool because a comparative rating tool is just here's the lowest price you should use this use this. Right. We actually in our algorithm we we ha- it it shows carrier X may be cheaper but actually it's only cheaper because they offer 500,000 single limit or 500,000 per incident right. a million aggregate and not 1 million 2 million. Right. So we're actually letting you know that. So yes, this may be cheaper, but it's not the same coverage. And then you as the agent, you're making that decision and still placing that business based on your experience, based on what you hear and see from the customer and all that kind of stuff. So we want to keep the trusted advisor status, right? That is the part that retains the business. You're building trust, respect, loyalty. You have to be having a human interaction, talking on the phone to that person. That's where that happens. So that so you then are still making the same decisions. This is not just pick the lowest and go. Right. And um, because so we're giving all the information and we're still letting. And and the thing is, if they don't retain the business, because we're because we're now in. Um, we're, we're going to be starting year two of the system being live um, in a couple months. We're going to start getting retention data over time as well. We just don't have the data points yet because we haven't been live long enough. Mm-hmm. But as we start to retain retention data, we'll start to know and be able to tell you, hey, we'll know this agent actually retains that business for two years longer, for X number of years longer as, as the company evolves. That's that's where we're going. So and, if, if the guy with the restaurant goes through the Bull Penguin system – and and comes into my agency is that lead we'll call it a lead for right now uh would would that would that lead be sent out to multiple agents or just one no 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 we don't do the multiple sends right and we also don't do any remarketing after we've connected it to you it's your data okay once you have that person it's yours that's why it's important that you close it yeah 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 Yeah. that's why yeah exactly because our our game is not blasted out to 50 agents to, to make revenue. That's not that's not the game. The game is get that agent to close the business so that consumer has a good positive experience and stays with them. That's the win. The win is they never come back to Bold Penguin, the consumer. The, that, you know what I mean? Like whatever the average is for, for the commercial lines business, what is it, like three to five years mm-hmm. average retention? Like that we want that and and then eventually more because the system is routing and, and this is the second part, right? So we've still been talking about the first part with underwriting. The second part of this is for agencies, we want you to be able to route the business not just to your agency, but to the right producer in your agency. Right. Ryan, that is a so game-changing piece of technology. No doubt. Yeah. So that is what we're doing for, say, you know, the, we have three of the top uh, 100 are our clients. And, and we, we want to have more, and we want to do this for Main Street agents. You know, this is, this is a ubiquitous tool. What do we want to be able to do you take this te- do you take this technology after you dial in the commercial side of it and then go fl- flip the switch about it. To, to go to the home and auto side of it as well yeah we, we've we've talked about it it's not a priority today because there are already a lot of tools that do a good job in the marketplace mm, right. the reason we would go to personal lines eventually is so that you just have one platform that you open up so who do you um, who do you feel like does the best job um in terms of tools on the home and auto side in the business and you may not want to talk about that if you don't we can edit that out you know I, I, it's not that i i'll say um i don't have any problem talking about it i'll just say that i don't necessarily know that i'm the best person to ask about I, that question I get because yeah. personal lines comparative rating to me right. is uh laird's company 
uh, ITC does a, has a pretty good tool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like my wife's company uses Vertifor's tool. You know, I don't know anybody that like is in love with their tool, but, but I think all of them do a pretty good job. I think you just have to find one that fits for you. I'm just not an expert in personal lines comparative rating. So I, I don't want to say that I one or the other. I got you. So, so if an agent wants to discuss in, in more detail and get more information about bold penguin, t- tell our audience where they can go and talk you know, find out more information. Yeah. So you can just go to bullpenguin.com and you'll see right at the top of the home screen, there'll be a sign up that signs you up for, um, like a weekly, or I think we do it every other week. Um, like debt demo. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be having a lot more. The, the website means a lot of work. So please don't judge the company today. Uh, on the website, we're going to be putting a lot more material out. I mean, that's a big part of the reason why I'm here is to help build out this story and help do the onboarding and stuff. The other thing you can do is just reach out to me on LinkedIn. LinkedIn's the best place. So just go to LinkedIn, type in Ryan Hanley and, um, and just either connect with me or send me a message or whatever. I'm happy to talk to anybody that's interested in learning more about the tool and getting them indoctrinated to it. Like I said, that the goal not to be an eight, this is, this is the reasons why I was excited about this. One, the entire tool is focused on the agent, right? Whether it's whether you're a, a big broker, a carrier who's got a call center and you want to send opportunities into your call center, or you're a Main Street agent and you just want to get more commercial lines opportunities in, or maybe you have a couple, you know, a really, really good use case for this is you're an agency early in your acquisition phase. So you're starting to acquire a couple different locations. It is hard as shit to manage all these locations, especially early. Mm -hmm. Well, here's a way that you can actually distribute opportunities out to these acquired agencies and make sure that they're continuing to grow and that their funnel is um, full and that they have a place to rate business through on the commercial line side and you can watch all of it happen and have a, from the, the corporate level have an idea of what's going on, who's placing what, you know, what's getting closed and all that kind of stuff. So right. there's use cases of this internally we call it like a triage tool, you know what I mean, because the opportunities are being routed in a smart way to the to the right agent, you know, at the right moment and the opportunities that your agency is not interested in are being sent into the exchange and you're getting paid for those like I don't know that I love the, the word triage but everyone seems to immediately understand what I'm talking about. So I'm debating that language, but yeah. So <laughs> the, the, the word triage, is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It has a weird, weird connotation. But when I say that, they're like, Oh yeah, I get that. So maybe I'm just, maybe I'm fighting something. It doesn't need to be fought. Well, so. I'm just, I'm just excited that I could, I could bring the power of the state farm brand with Mr. Michael Tipsword, who's the president of state farm with bowl penguin <laughs> To, cre- to create uh, something that has never before been seen in the insurance industry where, you know, a, a win-win dynamic for both organizations. I'm excited about that, and I cannot wait to get my check from both groups uh, for, for, bringing, for bringing the two of you together. It's, it's, it's an exciting time to be in Scott Howell's life right now. Yeah, um, well, I'm sure if we make that deal happen, uh, Michael and I would be happy to take you out to the finest – 
barbecue bur- bur- joint burger in joint in Huntsville. Yeah. <laughs> he likes Noble South. Scott, for all your hard work, we're going to take you to Lawler's Barbecue in Huntsville, Alabama for lunch. <laughs> um, hey, let's talk a little bit. Ryan, I had some other things I want to talk to yeah, you about. Yeah. Agents, you need to check this out. This is a game changer in the business, and that's what we're here to do. We're Absolutely. here to talk about stuff that's, you know, I want agents to listen to this and be like, holy shit. Who, wh- what? what? One of my goals with every episode is for everybody to learn something that they didn't know. Uh, well, they will, and, they just did. Yeah. Boom. That just happened. Uh, Ryan, I want to talk to you a little bit before we let you go today. I want to talk yeah. a little bit about, I want you to talk to me a little bit about the future of the insurance business. I think that your organization at Bowl Penguin is part of that future. And as we talk about the future of, P- of PNC, uh, and I ask a lot of guests that are on our podcast this question, and I get varied answers. But where, where do you see the industry going in the next three, five, and ten-year periods? Yeah, so there's a lot of different ways that I could go with that. I started um, or said earlier that I think one of the biggest mistakes technologists in our space are making, and, and even even some carriers who are having some tough discussions, which I understand, is that they're looking for ways to bypass the human agent. Right. I firmly believe that for at least – at least inside of the next seven years, 10 years, at least. That is a big, big mistake to try to make that today, to mm-hmm. try to make that move. Mm-hmm. I think you I think you spend a lot of time and energy and resources and money building out solutions that the marketplace is not ready yet and not actually asking for. Right. Consumers aren't asking for you to remove humans from the process. They just want the process to be easy. They just want to be easier, and, yeah. Yeah, so, so I think that's a big mistake. That being said, how do you actually – how do you actually make that happen? How do you keep humans at the center of the insurance process but make it easier? Mm-hmm. You have to be connected. Oh my gosh. It's like this is like this is the part that's making me crazy. Is like AP the, I'm gonna use a term which you may or may not know. Uh you guys probably know, but maybe not everyone listening to you may have heard it. The term API, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Yep. APIs, in a nutshell, 30,000 foot view, the coders out there that are listening to this, please don't jump down my throat. It's basically the, com- the computer language, which allows two systems to send and receive data. That's what it is. They talk to so, each other. Talk to each other. I have my system. It's in the language and coded and words mean certain things the way I built it, my system. There's this other system over here, which has data that could help me. But it's slightly different. It's in the way they built it. Mm-hmm. What an API does is allow... These two systems to talk to each other. And when you hear the term open API, what it means is you've created a universal language that will let any system connect to you. Now, the way that this is being done today, most often, is through web services, through web calls and, and, and XML. So what XML is, I can only connect, that the Hanley Information Group can only connect to the Scott Information Group. That's it. My XML talks to your XML, and and we only connect. Just these two organizations. No one else can connect. Just the two of us. Mm -hmm. And if you change anything on your side, the whole thing gets effed up. Right. That is like 1980s technology, and we're still working at it. This is the whole upload-download thing. Right. Like APIs make upload-download irrelevant, completely irrelevant. So so I had an executive in a carrier the other day ask, I've, we've had a lot of agents ask for an open API. What does that mean? Why is it important? 
It's speed to market. It's speed to bind. It's And here's the most important part. It's taking the data you have and putting it to work, not just for your agency force, but for your claims people, for your underwriters, for all your technology partners. It's being able to add additional sources of data into your system. Now, a lot of them do it today, but they do it by buying a big web sheet and uploading it, and it's, and it's not real time. Yeah. So, so where I'm going with this is you don't have to understand all those pieces, but the idea – of open connectivity between systems, allowing we have these type of API calls, the ability to produce rates. The only way we're able to do that with the carriers we have is we've connected those carriers, but they're the carriers that traditionally are out front on these things, right? So the Hiscoxes and the Liberties and the home sites, it's like all my all my mutual friends and all my 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 large national friends, like guys, like this is the moment that you you're either going to open up your systems and start putting your data to work or you're going to get left behind. Hmm. That's the great disruptor in my mind. It's not autonomous cars. It's not chatbots. It's not AI. It's certainly not blockchain. Those are those things are not true disruptors. They're just going to innovate and, and, and the industry yes. will continue on. Yep. The API economy, the API ecosystem, creating this open exchange of data. Now, granted, you still have to make business decisions whether you want to send the data to somebody else. That's a business decision. I'm talking about simply having the, the ability to do it. The companies that make that decision early, that, that start connecting and sharing data, they are going to leap ahead of everyone else. And I think this is, this is where I see things going, is that that's going to be the true disruption. The companies that continue to be laggards, that continue to – like say, we're not really ready. That's not who our agents are. Nope. You're going to get left behind. Because if I have to send, if it takes three days for you to get me a quote, I mean, literally in less than 24 months, if you're still taking three days to produce commercial lines quote on anything mid-market or below, you're toast. Mm. You're just, agents aren't going to send you business. They're just not going to send you business. Because one, your pricing can't be as competitive because you're doing manual labor to get that rate Mm -hmm. put together. Mm -hmm. So I don't care how good your your underwriting is like like the companies that are fast are going to win now. So I, I've been talking about this idea of like like big fast, fast, fast and slow. So so what when we're connected, what it allows us to do is be very fast in the moments that don't matter. Mm. Right. The time it takes to produce a rate that should be very, very fast. Mm-hmm. The time it takes for that agent to explain that rate and the coverage behind it to a, to to the consumer should be slow. Yeah, but doesn't doesn't part of that equation that you're talking about right now also doesn't that also have something to do with the level of complexity of the case itself on the commercial side? I mean, I think that's an excuse that a lot of people like to use because because, because you're right. Like for instance. Um, Nationwide insurance, if you're quoting just a general liability policy for a painter, you put that in the system, you hit a button, and it pretty much instantly gives you not only a rate, but you can buy in that coverage. But if I'm talking to the gateway companies out of Florence, Alabama, and they've got 473 properties located all over the southeastern United States um, for a habitation account. I would classify that as... Upper mid market and above. I, yes, but yeah. isn't there a little bit of yeah? Uh, yeah. You know, there's, there's gray area in everything, right? So for sure, you have 473 properties. You should probably, you know, you should probably take some time with that. Sure. Like that, that makes sense. Sure. You have a property, right? 
there's no reason for that to take the that, same amount of time. Exactly. That should blow through in, in 30 seconds. You should have a quote yeah. for somebody. I, I, and it I should agree. be on someone's fingertips, right? right? Bam. Right. Like, like when is the, I mean, it is not difficult to take, like you could, you could literally take, and I'm going to, I'm going to go back to bullpen for a second. You could literally take the mobile version of our application and be sitting in the guy's business. Right. You don't have to be sitting at your computer. Mm-hmm. It's a web app. Mm-hmm. You're just, you're sitting in this thing and you're like, you're looking at your phone and you're like, Hey Tim, like this has been a great conversation. I just want to let you know, like I'm, I'm looking at my system right now. Like I can buy this policy for you right now while we're sitting here for 1700 bucks. How does that sound? Right. That sounds great, Ryan. Boop. You're good, bro. Right. Rock and roll. Right. Let's go play some golf. Like, like that's, there's no reason that that can't happen unless your system, unless you're still clunky as hell mm-hmm. and you're telling me that you can't create a system that connects. Now, granted, I know there's legacy technology. I'm being, I'm, I'm talking in hyperbole a little, right. like I know that this takes a little bit of time, but guys, if, if a company were to say, this is a project we appreciate, this is a project we think has value. Here's the deal. Bull Penguin builds API software as a service. We can have a, we can have an API, a universal API that you can connect with us or don't connect with us, connect with 10 other systems. That's not, we can build you an API in three to six months and you don't even have to use us. So if we can build it in three to six months, you can build it yourself in three to six months or someone else can, Mm -hmm. but it's like this three to six months and you now are good. Now you're just making business decisions. It'll be a tough three to six months. Like Mm -hmm. there's work here and it's going to have a cost. I mean, obviously it's not cheap. I mean, that's, it's tough work, but like, that small investment. Now you can make real business decisions. Do we want to use this piece of data? Yes. Boom. Let's connect with them. Do we want to put that data in the hands of our agents in real time? No. Okay. So we're not going to do it. Like those are business decisions, right. but you can't even make those decisions unless you're connected. Yeah. And that, and I think, you know, just to kind of end my rant here, I just, this, I so firmly believe that this is what's going to happen. Ryan, this is, is the, the best answer Scott's ever gotten to that question. So, yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. So I just, I believe that this, this idea of connectivity and, and maybe it isn't, maybe some new thing comes out and it's not even APIs. Don't worry about the word API, worry about connectivity, open connectivity. This idea is going to, the, the people who grab onto this early and start to build the networks and start to build the frameworks with information providers and distribute that information out to their workforce, right? In real time, boom, right at your fingertips, like the people who do that, they are going to set themselves so far apart from the people that don't that that's where the disruption is going to happen. That's when carriers are looking around going, oh, my God, we're in trouble. People aren't submitting business to us anymore. Right. You know, part of part of uh, speed to market is the actual component of how fast data can come into and out of your smartphone, your desktop, your laptop. Correct, right? Yeah. You gotta yeah. have, you gotta have the download and the upload speed. Did you yep. see? Did you see Elon Musk? Elon Musk on the Joe Rogan podcast two weeks ago. Did you happen to watch that? I didn't watch it. I listened to it. You yeah. heard about Our, it like yeah. everybody else so, in the world. So, right? so yeah. basically in the middle of that podcast, Joe asks him a question and he goes, well, we're about two to four months away from announcing that we have developed something. He didn't get into details that is going to take what we currently have in the form of a small stream of being able to upload and download data off of your 4G LTE or whatever your wireless connection is and turn it into a raging river. Yeah. 
Now, there was a lot of things he said on that podcast that blew my mind. (laughs) Or didn't make sense. Or did not make sense. (laughs) But that, to me, was a head turner. I was like, what did you just say? Yeah, uh, because I don't know that any of us can <laughs> Scott, even wrap. Scott texted me the YouTube link and said, "Stop what you're doing. Stop what you're right doing now and go watch this." <laughs> yeah. yeah, some of it, the stuff he said, I was I was blown away yeah. by. But you know, when yeah. you talk about speed to market, API getting, you know, companies being able to talk. Hell, I, these little obedient agencies like mine. Sometimes we don't even have the damn upload and download speed on the internet. Or, or, or let's say you're an older agent and you've got your desktop sitting in your office from 2003, <laughs> and that you know it's barely running right now. You know, part part of that's kind of what we're talking about too, in terms of ease of doing business, right? I mean, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he, here's the thing: if you're if you're a seven year old agent and you're banging away on your desktop, you probably don't need any of this crap, right? Like, don't even just fine you know listen and it's great i'm glad you're engaged i hope that if you have younger people in your office you empower them but like this is irrelevant to you like just keep cranking do what you've always done like yeah. you don't need to change like i i'm not saying th- the stuff that i talk about is for people who are looking to grow grow fast and right. potentially grow big right because you don't need to do this stuff if you're happy like like my wife's agency runs a tremendous shop 94 percent retention rate mm. they've now moved to about 80 percent personal lines they're doing three and a half million with 12 people they're doing great they grow consistently without fail unconsciously seven to 12 percent every year on a primarily personal lines book because they've built incredible relationships in the market and they just crank and their service is out of this world mm-hmm. so they don't need to do this stuff they do just fine they're great they're set like I'm not saying everybody needs to do this. I'm saying the guy or the woman who's sitting there going, I want more. I want to be part of this thing. I want I want to get bigger. I want to do better. Like that's why you make these changes. Like you want to be you want to be leading, you want to be growing, that kind of stuff. Like that's why you engage in this. Like if you're if you're good, if you're making if you're making half a mil, if you're taking down half a mil, and your spouse has got a Land Rover and you got a country club membership and a house someplace fun, either right. north for you guys or south for me, like, what, what the fuck? Like, don't, right. don't worry about it. Right. Like, it's all good. It's good, man. You know, you know, something else I find I wanted to ask you about today, just, just for, as an insurance thought leader. So for 30 years, Warren Buffett has done everything in his power to turn insurance into a commodity through Geico, and he loves to brag about Geico and his annual report every year. I travel all over the United States, and about the last three or four months, it seems like everywhere I go, I pull into a gas station, and lo and behold, there's the lo- the local Geico office yep. in the in the city or town that I'm visiting. I went to Nashville last week, pulled into a like a BP or a, a Chevron station, and right next door is a huge Geico sign, local Geico office. Yeah. So has has he flipped the script on everybody? Did he? Well, get, they can't did, retain their business. Did, did, they, did, they can't figure out retention. Let, they can't let, figure let, out retention. Let me tell you what I, I texted Bradley about this, and I'm sure in his mind he was like, "What in the hell?" I was like, "Somehow, some way, Warren Buffett has managed to Jedi mind f everybody." And all these companies are turning their backs on their agencies, and Warren's like, "Well, now it's time to go to the old local agency force." <laughs> and I'm yep. like, "This is unbelievable." Yeah unbelievable dude t- see if everyone would just listen to every word that i said everything would be just fine no, <laughs> uh, 
it is it has never not been about the human. I've been saying this for for is the day I got into insurance. It is always about the human. The only way to retain the business is human because humans buy from other humans that they know, like and trust. And the only way to build trust is to have a human connection. Now, right. yes, do I trust Amazon to give me my package? Yes, I trust them to give me my package. Do I trust Amazon's computer to to make sure? That if I have the worst day of my life, my house burns down, that I'm going to get paid back. Maybe if there's a one-line contract that says anything that happens, I'm going to give you full replacement costs. Mm-hmm. But then they got to define that. And they got to define all the other. And then you get into an actual insurance conference or contract, which is the thing that I think, you know, I don't know if you guys follow Lemonade, but Lemonade has this yeah. like open policy, like policy 2.0. And the problem is, is and, and here's it. I'm rooting for Lemonade. People may think that's crazy. I am. They have today. They have half a business. I love the technology. Yes, they have one of the slickest, smartest uh, acquisition strategies that has ever been invented. It's it's incre- It's incredible. It's incredible. I wish that I wish that their CEO didn't say such ridiculous, blasphemous things about independent agents, or I would be more of a fan. Because mm. <laughs> he seems like kind of like not super nice, mm. but um. Yeah, but but the, but the technology. I want him. On, I, want, I want him on the podcast. By the way, I've yeah, thought about that, but it scares me. No, don't don't be scared. Don't be scared. <laughs> no, that would be awesome. We can have an adult conversation, and if he can't yeah. have an adult conversation, I'll hang the phone up on him. <laughs> and I'm sure, dude. I'm sure he's fine. He seems actually like he's probably a nice guy. He's doing his job. Right. He has to position his tool against the human agent today. Now, mm-hmm. I think that's a mistake because I think what his tool is missing. And if I worked for him or he paid me to consult. What I would tell him is, bro, you have the tool. Like you have the game-changing tool. All you need is a is a human force behind it. So just to just to just to put that little bit of trust right. that the consumer still needs, just that little bit. Bam! Hey, I'm John. I'm your agent. If you ever have a problem, you can call me back. Right. I have a whole team here that can help you, but mm-hmm. I'm your guy. Right. So yeah. Maya helped you out. She got you your policy. I just want you to know I double checked it. It's all good. It's all good. And if you ever have a problem, you call me. And if I'm not available, I got a whole team here that can help you too. But we're here for you. I'm, my name's John. I'm a licensed agent. Blah blah. blah. That. I'd never leave Lemonade. I'm like, yeah. John's my guy. Or, or I'd let's never say, leave them. Or let's say they want to write it through through their app and through their, their software and then push that to an agent and then maybe pay that agent a, f- a small fee, but then the agent has that client and can, and can multi-line and things like that. Yeah. I, I think because I think – I think Lemonade is going to have some struggles with the policy 2.0 because if you yeah. read the language, it's it doesn't actually work in a court of law based on current case case law. And all, you know, as you guys know, like all insurance precedent is based on the prior cases. So until that type of wide open language is adjudicated and there's actually a decision that shows that it is advantageous for the company or the consumer, because today it's. Today, you don't know the way that that I know that policy isn't enforced. They're still working on it. But like the way you look at it today, it could go either way. And and the wrong entity could win very easily based on the way it's written. And that's not the purpose of the policy. So that policy could actually because they have no control over the judge, the policy they think that they're writing today to better support the customer could actually backfire mm-hmm. and cause more problems for their customers. It's just, and you're it's talking about worst case scenario. I mean, mm-hmm. and it can yeah, have, all, so, it, all it takes is one time for that to happen. So Ryan, I want to ask yeah. another question. So do yeah. you think a lot of the, the reason that these companies are, and I hate to say this term, but kind of turning their back on the agency force and trying to figure out desperately to reduce expenses through, 
uh, you know, not having to pay commissions, right? Uh, do you think a lot of them kind of look at the USAA model of of how they do business with military members, and they see that as kind of the beacon of, you know, USAA does it, they they do it, and they don't have agents. Do you do you feel like a lot of them look look at that and and kind of see that as the model of what they want to be? So there's a couple pieces here. First, I will push back on the fact that carriers are turning their back on agents. I don't think that's actually what's happening. Okay. Okay. Um, I think that carriers are being smart, mm-hmm. uh, and they're having discussions around the fact that agents don't perform as well as they used to. Right. So agents have to own that fact. I've said a million times. I believe support and everything that I do is in support of the human agent and the agents in general. Mm-hmm. But, but we have to be. We have to like put our head up and be a little self-aware we can't let our ego drive every thought that we have right we are not performing as a broad sweeping stroke there are Mm -hmm. agencies and many 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 agencies that are doing amazing innovative work just i mean Mm -hmm. i mentioned seth zaremba's name he's he's like he's the he's the case study on that right Mm -hmm. and there's and there's tons of seth zaremba's the issue is as a broad stroke as a broad stroke it would be silly for carriers not to at least start to have these conversations. Mm-hmm. Now, I think, I think because it's not in their sweet spot, some of them have gone about it the wrong way. And because many of our IA carriers never needed to have good mm-hmm. quality PR, I mm-hmm. feel like they've handled these situations poorly. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's more of a PR issue. Right. They would be silly not to have these conversations. Mm-hmm. That being said. Um, uh, so I think it's okay. I don't think they're turning their back. I mean, I talk to carriers almost every single day. Yeah. And that, that was probably the wrong. So that I will, I will no, own no, that. That was probably the wrong I'm thing glad to you say. brought up that word. But, I know I'm glad you brought it up because you are not the only one that's saying that. And, and, and get Grant, maybe, maybe that was a little, maybe it was a step too far. And even you would say that, but, but I just, still we're all on the same page. I, I, for, for whatever it's worth to anyone listening, I do not believe that they are. I believe they're having what is a prudent business conversation, which mm-hmm. is what if agents continue to cede business to the directs uh, and captives from an independent standpoint and from mm-hmm. a captive standpoint? What if we continue to cede business to the you know to, to the independents and the and the directs? Right. So right. so everyone's having this conversation. So they're thinking of other ways to capture business. Now, some carriers are 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 doing what I think is a really interesting model, which is, um, and I've talked to a couple of the mutuals in Ohio about this recently, is they're starting to do some of their own lead gen to their call center, closing the business, and then distributing that business out to their agency force to be serviced. Now, there's things that come with that. There's There's things they have to work through. All of them are just real early betas. I think that's a really interesting model. The issue here, my friend, is carriers, specifically you know, like like a State Farm doesn't have to worry about this. They have a tremendous, tremendous brand, right? Correct. Their their entire bill is, business is built on their brand. Mm-hmm. The entire reason Trusted Choice exists is because State Farm has a tremendous brand. Mm-hmm. So, the idea here is that the the carriers who have for a long time depended on their independent agent or their captive agent force to be their marketing arm have to step out front and start to own their brand because agencies as individual voices have a conflict of interest between marketing a carrier's brand and their own agency brand. And and that is a conflict that, that the agent can't get past. The right. agent would be silly not to market his own agency brand or, or her own mom. You have to. It's mm-hmm. their business. 
So the carrier, instead of saying our marketing is the commissions we pay, nope, that's not the world we live in anymore. That's not the world we live in. So I'm not talking about cutting commissions. I'm saying you got to figure out how to be profitable and push your brand out into the marketplace. I think digital makes that a lot cheaper. You know, I've talked to some carriers, but like, let's say pie in the sky, I'm at the top of, of a carrier. One of the things I would do tomorrow is start to build out an in-house uh, creative agency. I think if, if, if the rock can have a creative agency that he owns, that he's the only client of a carrier can have a creative agency that they're the only, that they're the only client of. Like these are the types of things that we have to think about in a digital world where your brand matters so much. You can't rely on agencies to be your brand marketing arm anymore. There's been, there's always been a conflict of interest in that. And furthermore, it's not in the agency's best interest to market your brand. It's in their best interest to market their own brand. Brand, Bradley says that about once a week, by the way. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, no. So, so like, you want to talk about the USAA model. Well, USAA is – you can't duplicate USAA. USAA, you know, nobody's heartstrings are pulled for anything like they are for the military, and and rightly so. And they have this – They've done an incredible, incredible job, you know, one of the most admirable jobs that exists in our space of being the brand for the military and their families. And they've not just they didn't just stop there. They've created all these supporting services and they invest so much into the program. I mean, they picked their niche and they went with it. Yeah, you can't recreate that. You can't recreate that. So don't even try. But what you can do is own your brand in the marketplace. So. Here's the downstream benefit to your agents. For the agency or the listener, like, screw that. That's just their way of going direct. Nope. <laughs> it reduces the double sale. So when you're an agent, right, think about every comp- – you you just sold that person on yourself, right? Hey, I'm your trusted advisor. Okay, I believe you. Then you push across this piece of paper and they're like, who the heck is East Northern, you know, Southern Mutual of farm, you know, Farmers Mutual? You're like, uh, what? I, you mean you don't know this? This obscure mutual brand from southwestern Alabama? Of course they don't know. They've mm. never even heard of it. They didn't even know they existed. Right. Now you have to then sell them on that company. Mm. And that's a whole nother sale. So what I'm saying is if that carrier's brand is out into the marketplace, then when you push that piece, they're like, oh, I've heard of southwestern Alabama mutual. <sighs> great. I'm so happy you're putting me with that. And they seem like a great company. Perfect. So, Ryan, for, you mentioned branding from an agency agent branding marketing standpoint what's the biggest mistake you think individual agencies and agents are great making? great question you mean <laughs> you're working under the assumption that they actually think about their brand the ones who think about it <laughs> okay. what's the biggest mistake you, you obviously, the, the you biggest obviously mistake is, don't follow bradley flowers on the, facebook the, and biggest, <laughs> the biggest mistake they're making is they're not thinking about it but the ones who are thinking yeah. about it what's the biggest mistake you think they're making Big question. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good question. What's the biggest mistake? Um, I, I don't know if this is their biggest mistake, but I'll, maybe I'll list a couple that I see fairly often. Right. Uh, too corporate, too too yeah. too buttoned up, too stock photo-y. I'm a huge proponent of stock photos, mostly because I think they're amazingly ridiculous. Like I got <laughs> this one of these four dudes jumping in the air in front of a green screen, and they all have different colored um, like Zorro costumes on. <laughs> That is amazing stock photography. I mean, somebody woke up in the morning and they're like, what are you going to do today, John? He's like, I'm going to jump up in the air like I just won the lottery and I'm going to have a green Zorro mask on in front of a green screen. <laughs> Ryan, 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 did you happen to see my goat video last week, by the way? <laughs> no, I didn't. You, you really need to go to Instagram and check that out. 
I will. I'll check it out. Yeah. So like, I so, but I guess my point is like, we you your brand, if if you're, you know, if you're if you're Gallagher, right? If you're a big, you want it to be about. You want your brand to be about. We're steadfast and and we're the you know big and we have the reach. Like that's what you want your brand to be. So it makes more sense that they you know most of their stuff would be more. All, I'm gonna do quotes, but like more like of the corporate professional-ish variety. And they actually have a really good uh, recruiting Instagram account. If you go check it out, they they that's a little more casual. Right. Um, but but that's not most agencies, right? So like if I'm um if I'm in Huntsville or Mobile and and I, and I have a single location agency, 15 people thinking about my brand. Well, what's important to us? Like like what what makes us who we are? Is it is it that it's a family agency and and it really you know it's about you know, we're all one big happy family and, and mm-hmm. that's cool. That's actually the way the Murray group operates that they, they have a slogan. Our brand is family. Mm. Maybe you're, maybe you have a specific niche. Like we've brought up restaurants and you're the restaurants, you're the restaurant guy. So then you, your brand, everything you talk about should relate to food and health and eating and, and barbecues and everything else that goes into the, the those people. Yeah. So your brand should speak to the type of customer that you want to attract, right? right. Like if, if you're like, I love restaurants, but you don't ever talk about food, <laughs> how yeah. would anyone ever know that you love restaurants? You know what I mean? So it's, it's stuff like that. It's like just your brand should speak to the type of person that you right. want to engage with. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we don't do that. We don't put that much thought into it. Well, and I had a, uh, a, a realtor last week. She, she came up to me and said, I want to pay you to manage my Facebook page. And I said, first of all, I have zero time for that. Second of all, if I wanted to do that, I could not do that because in order for me to effectively do that, I would need to follow you around everywhere you went because for it to be true to you, it's got to come from you. Yeah. It's got to be centered around you. It can't be cookie cutter content. Man, I, I tell you what, I, I'm sitting here. I, I'm sorry I'm being a little quiet. Scott I'm, looked I'm, at me a second ago and said, just let him talk. I was like, awesome. I just cannot tell you how much I appreciate you being on this podcast today. I know you've got a million things to get done and starting a new career and a climbing a new mountain and if you could speak to the agency force that's out there that's listening to this to the 250,000 agents that are listening to this right now is there any parting thoughts that you'd like to say to them before before we let you go today and I want to once again by the way tell you how much we appreciate how humbled I am that you'd be on the podcast with us oh well do you're way too kind this is this is I, this is this is my favorite thing, man. We get to talk with insurance dudes, and we get to rap and do our thing. This is this is fun. So, um, the uh, the parting message: Don't believe any of the bullshit that that we're going to be disintermediated, mm-hmm. unless you're not taking the action to not be disintermediated, right? So, like, you have to do stuff. Like, you, you can't be stagnant and expect nothing to change. The world is going to change. It is changing. It has changed. It doesn't mean you have to be, you know, on Instagram 24-7, you know, everything, new technology. Just take your time and, and put in the work and, and listen to this show and listen to the people who come on the show and, and figure out the things that are going to work for you. But, but if you're taking the action and moving forward, never, ever, ever let it enter your mind that we, the humans of this industry, are not the best option for solving insurance problems. We just need to use, find places in the uh, pieces of technology that allow us to do our job uh, with a little less friction. I love it. I'm sitting here trying to think about 
bold penguin utilizing state farm agencies by giving them a one eight hundred. Just obsessed with that, aren't you? Well, giving them a one eight hundred number, an, an individual ID, uh, you know, ID one eight hundred number that they can they can call to. Uh, and by identify. state farm, you really just mean general captives. That's uh, just your yeah, yeah. I think it would work with any any captive uh, agency, force company type uh, agents that don't write commercial you know some yeah. some companies just don't specialize in commercial so when people walk in and say hey i need a commercial insurance policy they go i'm sorry yeah. i'll have to give you the i'll have to you know let you call so-and-so down the street kind of thing if um, you want to if you're so if you're listening to this and you don't write commercial but you get commercial opportunities in your office and you're looking for a way to monetize them go to linkedin ryan hanley reach out to me and we'll talk and if it doesn't make sense it's all good but that's that's what we're we're, we're going to take those opportunities, we're going to handle them well, and we're going to get them to someone who can who can make sure that that customer is taken care of. That's what we do. I love Ryan Hanley. Ryan, at some, <laughs> at some point, in some point in the not-too-distant future in my life, you and I are going to spend some time, and I'm going to... Oh, I, I wanna, look forward to I, it, I want to hear everything you've been doing since kindergarten. I want to I get to know you on a personal oh, level. Ryan, I'm going to go ahead and close this thing out. Guys, yep. as I always say... Rewards come from action, not discussion. Get your ass out from behind that desk and quit aggressively waiting on the phone to ring. Go out into the big bad world today and sell insurance and make money for your family. Write good business for the agency that you represent. Write good business for the companies that you represent. Bradley Flowers, I love you. Love you too, brother. Thanks, Ryan. Happy birthday. Thanks, Thanks guys. Man. Thank you. Guys, you are listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. We love all of you as well, and we look forward to seeing you again real soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at iprotectins at gmail.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to bradleyflowersinsurance.com or email him at bradley at sarahlandinsurance.com. Guys, we love you. Thank you so much for listening. We look forward to being with you again real soon on the next episode of the Insurance Guys. Take care.